defense podcast it is i your host christian and it's week 10 folks you know how it goes every fifth episode will be a subject of my choice to give myself a chance to really geek out on something and really share what my favorite aspects of existence really are the things that make me who i am and this one is probably going to be the most specific episode yet uh samurai jack was one of my favorite cartoons when i watched it as a kid it's probably still one of my favorite cartoons i own the dvds i've watched them a million times and this podcast this episode is going to be about one specific episode probably probably my favorite episode of samurai jack uh and this is episode 40 Samurai Jack XL, Samurai Jack versus the Ninja. Uh, for those of you that might not be too familiar, this one is probably one of the best influences in, in my when it comes to my love of animation and storytelling without necessarily having dialogue. I think it's a perfect example of that. Um, I brought on one of my best friends, if not my best friend in the world, Anna Montez. She came on the episode to discuss it. Uh, she's seen it before. Samurai Jack wasn't one of her favorites, but she appreciates the episode for what it is. And she was great to have on. She's definitely one of the smartest people I know. And her insight is really valuable to me. And I hope it will be valuable to other people listening to this too uh, but that's how it works folks i bring on people i like people that are cool people who can really express themselves when it comes to their love of specific genres and shows and movies and weird little things that i'm hoping i can cover forever in my defense podcast.com there's actually a form on the show now if you want to apply to be on i'll get more specific about that at the end of the episode uh, but yeah, any questions in my defense podcast at gmail.com. Reach me out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever your particular favorite social media poison happens to be. Uh, let's not waste too much time, folks, and get right into Samurai Jack XL. So we'll get right into it. All right. So I am here with literally one of my best friends in the entire world, Anna. Anna, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> and we are going to talk about Samurai Jack, episode 40, season four, episode one, Samurai Jack XL, Jack versus the Ninja. And this is another one of my choices. This is, this is another episode where it's about me, where I get to choose what it's about. <laughs> And I wanted to talk about this episode. Uh, but first, before I get into why, Anna, what's your, like, I know you've seen the show and mm-hmm. you saw this episode, but, like, did you watch Samurai Jack regularly when it was out? No, I think I've watched, like, random episodes, like, over the past 20 years or something like that. Um, but I never followed it, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, now that I rewatched this episode, I don't think I had ever seen it before. So I was basically watching it for the first time. 
it's a lot more violent than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have watched that. And then I'm like, um, wait a second. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really mostly violent against robots. So that made it perfectly okay. I mean, that's the way to see it. Uh, but okay. <laughs> robots are not robots are not people, Anna. I mean, that's your imagination. That that's your point of view. <laughs> um, but I want I wanted to talk about I I love this show and I wanted to talk about it. Maybe not necessarily the whole season because um because that should that would have just been a tantamount amount to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I did. But I decided to want to do one episode because this episode literally uh, was. The inspiration for my entire love of like storytelling and animation since mm-hmm. I saw it since I was since I saw it when I was 12 years old and I see those last like five minutes that last five minute fight scene mm-hmm. I'm like yeah slack jawed and my, my um, tape it over like, and it was such a good show when I came out and um, for those who don't know Samurai Jack was a show that was it went four seasons 13 episodes each season and they revived it back in 2017 for a fifth season to conclude the story on adult swim and if you and if you thought the if you thought the <laughs> cartoons in the 2000s were violent you should see the adult swim ones honestly i'm probably um, like now that i've watched one episode and i remember oh i actually like this i'm probably gonna go back and watch all of it um i'm gonna add it to my list of things that need to be watched but i always just rewatch the same four shows so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so in total, there's about uh, 52 episodes total. And it's and uh, for those who don't know what the story of the show is, basically a long time ago in a distant land... Aku, the shape-shifting master of darkness, unleashed an unspeakable evil. But a foolish samurai warrior wielding a magic sword stepped forth to oppose me. Before the final blow was struck, I tore open a portal in time and flung him into the future, where my evil is law. Now the fool seeks to return to the past and undo the future that is Aku. And I did not read that. That's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that just is, in your that brain. Is, that is the entry that I've listened to <laughs> hundreds of times. <laughs> That opens up the show every single episode. I actually really enjoyed the fact that they have. I forgot it's like I don't know. I don't watch any new cartoons. I think, but I really enjoyed like in that era, like late nineties, early two thousands. Like they always would have like an intro of like this is all you missed, but this is also in every single episode because it doesn't matter in what order you watch it. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I remember kind of like the premise of the show. He says time traveling samurai that's trying to go back so he can stop this guy and all of that but i actually really appreciated the like this is what you missed <laughs> this is what yeah. the show is about <laughs> you dumb bitch that <laughs> haven't watched it in 20 years <laughs> well i think that was that was something about the show like before we start talking into the events of the episode proper um i think it's cool to talk about the show itself so the show was uh, produced and show and ran by Gendy Tartakovsky, and Gendy Tartakovsky is an artist who was who had a hand in like almost every, uh, so many major um, animated properties that we're all familiar with. Like he's worked on Batman the animated series. He's known for Clone Wars. Uh, 
Star, yeah, he did the he did he did the Star Wars Clone Wars miniseries, like mm-hmm. those little five minute episodes that were really awesome. Uh, he did Powerpuff Girls. He did Dexter's Lab before he did Samurai Jack. Uh, he's currently doing Primal on Adult Swim, which I have to start, but which I have I really want to check out. But yeah, he did. He's done a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy to some degree. Like he's had he's had some hand in so many properties over the last like. 30 years uh, which is really awesome and when he got when he started doing the shows right after doing Dexter's Lab which I yeah Dexter's Lab was a great show and going into this one they wanted to do a show that was very like visually striking one that didn't rely on dialogue to get a lot of ideas across and you'll you'll see that they do that almost every single episode like I think Mm -hmm. in this one episode there's about There's less than 10 lines of dialogue Mm -hmm. just in this episode that we're talking about, which is below average for the show overall, but the show is also just known for these long sequences where there's absolutely no one saying anything, and it's just all done on-screen action. And even if you go back and watch, like, those Star Wars Clone Wars uh, episodes, it's it's very little dialogue in those as well. Uh, he, 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 yeah, he definitely wanted to get across the idea that you don't need to necessarily like handhold people through a story to to get these ideas across, mm-hmm. which I was really appreciative of. And find, finding out like that was the idea going into the show just made so much more sense, and it made my brain explode as to like what kind of ways that you can get a story across and how many different ways you can do it and playing with the medium that you're working with because it totally makes sense like if you're doing a cartoon there is no reason to ever do something in animation if someone doesn't have to be looking at the screen to know what's going on Mm -hmm. right like if you if 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 everything that's happening in a story can be done just through the dialogue there's really no point for it to be animation if you want them to experience the whole thing you you have to use that animation somehow mm-hmm. to yeah to i get have the, the attention span of a three-year-old child so when i'm watching tv i usually i'm doing something else like playing candy crush eating shit on my phone um and it's just i need to be doing something with my hands while i'm watching tv in order to concentrate but with this i actually had to be paying attention because otherwise i wouldn't have gotten like any of it yeah and like it's funny, you like there's probably in, in this one episode in particular, you probably would have gotten certain things because it is kind of a story told in. I think there's probably two acts to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this in this one episode. I would say there's three. Like yeah, well, I think the first and the second really bleed into each other very mm-hmm. well, and then the, the the final sequence of the episode could be its own thing altogether. Yeah, I think um, for me it's first uh, basically introducing this random guy that's coming to kill Samurai Jack, and then. Him in the background when Samurai Jack is saving the kid, and then mm-hmm. the actual like fight with the aliens, and then the fight against this dude. Yeah. Um, I have an English degree. I know words, uh, and I'm <laughs> showing none of that. <laughs> that's what happened. That's that's what happens whenever you hit the recording button. Do you have any idea how many nonsense things I've had to edit out that I've said? Um, that, I hate, I hate, I hate myself. It, it is a miracle that no one has murdered me for the way I speak up until this point. Um, I mean, nothing is going to be as bad as <laughs> when I found yeah, out. Our, yeah, our secret episode that our we recorded. Episode. Where... So when Chris was first setting up, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell a story. Uh, when Chris was first setting up the podcast, um, he was like, "Okay, let's do like a crowd run." So we talked about Ocean's Eleven, which is one of my favorite movies. 
And I rewatched it that day and I went on, I even read like the Wikipedia page. I was like, oh, there's a lot of details I don't remember. So I'm going to watch the movie and read more about it. And then while we're recording, we're talking about the cast. And Chris says, oh, the late Bernie Mac. And I'm like, wait, the late? And Chris is like, yeah, because he passed away. And I was like, Bernie Mac died? <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy to me now is that you didn't tell me that you actually did some research. I thought we were just going into it. So the fact that you researched Ocean's Eleven and never came across <laughs> the, the information that Bernie Mac died. I honestly, I don't even know what to say about myself. I don't know what to say about myself. I think about this a lot. Um, not going <laughs> to lie. It's probably going to be like, I'm going to be on my deathbed. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about like... <laughs> the never published episode of in my defense podcast where i did where i like let people know i didn't know about bernie much dying now i feel like that episode has to be published at some point now just because we've talked about it and maybe one day oh, if Jesus. i ever do like a special thing one day disclaimer um, i'm so we- much smarter <laughs> than i found it there <laughs> uh we were tired it was the first time recording anything for me that's true. Um, so we can start going into this episode. So it does open up with um, the, the the ninja pr- stalking Jack seemingly mm-hmm. uh, while he's praying at a temple. And again, I don't know if I said it before, but like we're doing one episode just because why not? You know, I want this show to be as specific or as vague as anybody wants it to be. So if anybody ever wants to be on a show in the future and you want to talk about like a five minute sequence in your favorite movie or if you want to talk about I just did. I just released an episode about the trailer for Batman, the Batman. <laughs> uh, so I can do it if I can do a, t- a whole hour on two and a half minutes. I can definitely do a whole hour on 22. 100 yeah, percent. It opens. It opens with uh, the ninja stalking Jack and then him killing Jack. And then Jack gets cut in half and it's real. This Jack was a robot. It was a, simula- a simulation. And uh, I don't remember I don't remember my whole experience watching the show when I when I was when I was a uh, kid. When I was not even a kid, just like a preteen. Um, I don't remember this being shocking, right? Because even then I knew, oh, no, you don't kill the hero of the story in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Of a, of a new season so like it wasn't it wasn't too much of a trick I knew I knew it had to be something oh this is an illusion oh this is actually like Jack killing like an evil version of Jack or something I knew I, I wasn't fooled by this uh, this uh, opening I wasn't fooled but I was definitely like what the heck is going on <laughs> Uh, yeah, then and then Aku comes out to congratulate his new warrior. Uh, Aku, voiced by Makoto Iwamatsu, also known as Mako, who is uh, known, probably more more known nowadays for being the voice of Uncle Iroh in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh. Yeah, he unfortunately passed away during that show, so okay. he actually had a he had a uh, a pupil who took over for him. Okay. So like in. So like in the last, in like in the second half of the series, uh, Uncle Iroh's voice changes a little bit, so that's why it's a different guy. So yeah, Mako was the voice of Aku, and I think I think it was his pupil again who took over for him when they brought the show back in 2017. Um, but yeah, this episode only has three voice actors, mm-hmm. and there's four, and there's like five characters with speaking roles. So I think <laughs> Phil Lamar does Jack, and he did a voice for one of the villagers that speaks up later on, and then Tara Strong who is a voice actress that a lot of people are familiar with. She did uh, the Powerpuff Girls. She was Batgirl in Batman the Animated Series. She also took over for Harley Quinn uh, a little bit later in life for like the video games and stuff like that. But she does the voice for the little boy and the little boy's mother. 
But yeah, in 22 minutes, there's only three voice actors on on the, on the this episode. And that was the thing with this show back then, where like I'm more familiar with voice actors in like the 90s and the early 2000s than I am. I think nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, just because like those same people were are still working today. I think there's like uh, Kevin Michael Richardson was a guy that was on this show all the time. Uh, basically, every, basically everybody was on rotation through all like your favorite cartoons when uh, you're watching in the '90s. I think I remember Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob. I remember his voice popping up a couple times during this show. Yeah, I think a lot of it over like a lot of the same actors overlap across like all of these shows that were really popular at the time. Yeah. One, because it's easier to probably pay one person to do <laughs> several things than it is to uh, than it is to hire a whole bunch of other people. And two, because voice actors don't get paid that much anyway, so they just got to spread themselves out as much as they can. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, then Aku sends his ninja out into the world mm-hmm. to go uh, take Jack out. And, and, and again, I want to talk about like, the, the animation of this episode a little bit, just like how pretty and how like you could pause during any moment of this show and and it, it's it's a canvas it is a it is a beautiful mm-hmm. masterpiece of art uh kenny kenny tartakovsky's guy who's very much like he's very much a storyboard artist where like set pieces have like these very iconic looks to them and and uh one of the cool things about this show in particular was how it like it was jack traveling all around the world and, and and it's a it's a world that has like a magical and a technological future, so there's different kinds of settings all over the place. Everyone he'll he'll be one episode he'll be in the middle of a city in a high tech city with flying cars all over the place, and and people are fighting fighting each other with laser guns. And the next he'll be out in the middle of the jungle and come across some some. 10,000 year old ruins mm-hmm. and face and, and face off against some magical demon creatures which was a really cool so the show the show was able to play around with a lot of different settings and just by the, the the premise of it you have this warrior who has to like travel around the world trying to find a way to get back home and it's just a really cool idea like going back to like Akira uh, there's, there's two Akiras I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Akira Toriyama which was the, the anime guy and now I can't now I'm forgetting the name of the samurai director Akira, Akira, Akira Kurosawa. Yes, exactly. The two, the two, the two Akira. (laughs) That's something I thought interesting because now you mentioned that you know he'll be in a jungle and he's um, fighting these monsters or something. But in this case, you had like a like a village that's like a like a like in a coast, and then Mm -hmm. you have this like very like mechanical technological villains with aliens that are just kind of like machines, like robots. So yeah. like that contrast was fun. Yeah. yeah, and like, and we know why all the villains are always robots. Like even, even when even when he gets into saving the village from these giant crab monsters, like even though even though these giant lobsters are robots, <laughs> just because like it's a kid sh- it's a kid show in the early two thousands, so they couldn't really get away with. Uh, Cutting and and when your when your hero has a sword and he's the best at using a sword, you can't really have a guy going off cutting people's limbs off. Yeah, never. <laughs> that only works with like Happy Tree Friends, which we were all too young to watch. Yeah, Happy Tree Friends was not for kids either. So no, I was watching this thing with the with a creator the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, we were hoping like you know like tweens and teens would watch it," and I was seven years old watching that with my brother. <laughs> Because I think Happy Tree Friends, yeah, Happy Tree, I'm a little bit older than you, so Happy Tree Friends got popular when I was, like, in middle school, and that was around the time where I think it was cool to watch something like that. Like, oh, yeah, you want to gross one of your friends out, just, like, show them this video of yeah. this uh, little this little kitten and a moose out for a picnic, and oh, my God, why is he chopping his head off? So much blood. 
the, the, the show came off as violent to you, you said? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot more violent than I remembered. Um, especially like the fight scene. It was not so much the, the part with the big robots because those are just like, wait, I'm so dumb. My thoughts are all over the place. Um, yeah, it was a lot more violent than I remembered. Especially so because it was actually more well, so it was actually the the ninja fight was more violent. Yeah, to you the than ninja the crab fight, fight was a lot more violent to me because it's the ninja looked like a person, so that mm. just aesthetically like looks a lot more realistic and a lot more violent. And this guy's fighting giant like gigantic robot crabs, uh, which you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's fake. <laughs> the whole thing is fake, but you know what I mean. But then when he's like actually fighting, they're fighting with their swords and all that part. That part looks a lot more. It reminded it reminded me a lot more of the movies like the like martial art movies that I would watch growing up. Um, so that part was definitely like looked like a lot more um, violent and realistic to me, and you know in the context of a cartoon because obviously it's not that realistic, but yeah. That's an interesting way to think about because I didn't really see it as well. I saw, I saw, I did see, I saw the the crab fighting, mm-hmm. the, like him fighting the giant lobsters is more violent than fighting the ninja actually, just because like up until the very end, neither one of them actually hit each other. Yeah. Whereas when when Jack was fighting the crabs, he was slight he was slicing them apart left and right, like and and I I don't know if that's something on me where it's like okay so. Mm-hmm. It's all violence mm-hmm. to me. I don't even see it all. I don't even. I didn't even see it all as violence, because mm-hmm. I saw like the the Jack Ninja fight is more like a dance. Yeah. <laughs> that might that might be my weird American sensibilities where like oh yeah if no one's dying it's not violent. <laughs> it's not it's not violent until someone gets hurt. Well yeah I mean he does get hurt at the end. Like, at the very end but like it's uh, but so it has like that's that, i think that's that's in my thing is like that's one violent moment versus several violent moments happening previously yeah it wasn't violent up until the guy the guy gets cut in half um but yeah so the the the, the ninja eventually finds jack in the jungle and we send like we see all these really gorgeous set pieces um and right when the ninja's about to strike, we hear like the most annoying scream in the entire world as this little boy comes trailing through the jungle being chased by uh, uh, these crab monsters. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Actually, as I was watching it, I was kind of, from the point of view that I had not watched the show in so long, and I also liked it, and I had never watched this episode specifically, I was kind of expecting the robot to become good. <laughs> <laughs> and to be like, oh, he's helping people. He's not bad. Why would I kill him? Uh, because I had also forgotten that he was a robot and it's a cartoon and he was a bad guy. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for like an anti-hero moment to happen <laughs> for some reason. What's funny is that I bet if we had never gotten the fifth season of the show, like if this show had been done like 15 years later it might have been something like that like i can totally imagine like a steven universe episode happening where um some evil gems come out to attack steven and well i mean that that is actually every episode like in the show steven universe <laughs> which i love it. but in the show it's like one of my favorite shows after seeing after i saw the whole thing and like um that in that show every villain eventually learns to love steven and take care of him no I every single do that. one <laughs> I can do that. I need terrible people in a show. I need bad people but, to be bad, <laughs> even though I, I hope for them more, to be good. 
Well, I think we have enough of that with live action TV. I don't really want that to be my kids thing, <laughs> but um, but I think that was really common across all like all like action oriented cartoons, right? It was like, oh yeah, the bad guys are definitely bad, and you have to slice them. Uh, so I think if the show had been done today, it would definitely would have been like the ninjas be having a change of heart after seeing Jack save all these people. <laughs> That's that honestly what I was what I was waiting for. I was like, because you see Jack saving the kid and then like fighting the lobster things. And that's like juxtaposed with the with the view of the ninja just like lurking and, you know, the all like dressed in black with the red eyes. So I was kind of hoping I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be like good. He's never like, oh, man, he's helping people. Why would I kill that guy? Hey, I wouldn't have been mad at that. I think some of my favorite stories are the ones where the where nothing can beat the power of friendship. I mean, those are some, those are some of my favorite stories of all time. <laughs> I can only think uh, about um, Avatar in that context. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Well, even even in Avatar, he still had to beat the uh, the Fire Lord. Yeah, and I don't think they became friends by the end of that. <laughs> I'm taking away all your power. Friendly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if uh, I, I ho, ho, well, let's see. This episode will be, be coming out before the election. It'd be it'd be it'd be <laughs> as if someone just be like, "All right, Trump's not president anymore. You can uh, now now he works at a McDonald's. Now he's now, now he's a manager at a McDonald's for the rest of his life." Oh my god! Oh, pay to see that. <laughs> that's that's what I imagined happened to the Fire Lord in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like he just, he's a, he gets put in jail. He ter- he serves his time, and then he just ends up becoming like a fish cook. Yeah, he's like, I I just need a job. Who's hiring? Gotta pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Gotta pay the rent. Yeah, there's someone who really looked up to the Fire Lord who never really who never really liked Fire Lord Zuko, so they just kind of like gave the old Fire Lord a job. They're like, I mean, I see where he's bad, but he's not that bad. And plus, he can't shoot fire anymore. Spoilers for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Spoilers. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you need like a spoiler um, warning when the show has been out for yesterday, I realized that I was in sixth grade. In sixth grade. 15 years ago and i had a meltdown um but the show has been out for like what like 19 or 18 uh, 19 years oh, oh, oh no probably a little bit maybe a little bit less maybe a little bit less but the, the, sh- the show is definitely a teenager yeah but it also just it also just came out on netflix so i know a lot of people were seeing it for the first time yeah when it just came out on netflix i hate it when um, i google avatar and it shows me the the james cameron james movie cameron. like <laughs> who knows that who remembers that not but me Anna, he's come he's already planned out a second third fourth and fifth sequel we don't need that we don't need that there are things that we need in this world that is not one of them by far if you told me hey there is a movie that needs a sequel name it i'll be like aliens versus cowboys maybe <laughs> not avatar <laughs> Uh, I didn't think anybody would ever ask for John Favreau's <laughs> Cowboys versus Aliens 2. Why not? Why not? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, okay, so it's 15 years old. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was thinking like around 2005, So it can vote yet, but it definitely is forming a political um, ideology. And probably a drinking habit. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's like, you have to. 
All right, so the the kid, so Jack takes out the crab monsters for the kid. Uh, the kid takes him to his village where more of the crab monsters are attacking, and Jack, without hesitation, goes running after it. And it's a funny thing. I, I after watching, I watched the episode a couple times leading up to this, and I think this moment, there's a moment when they're running, and the and the and the ninja is running after them, and I think this is the moment where the ninja loses. I think this is the moment. Like I mean, we all know Jack's gonna win in the end, but I think this is the moment where it actually does happen because. Jack shows a moment where he realizes that he's being followed. Mm-hmm. Like he turns around and I don't know if he sees the ninja, the ninja himself, but he definitely knows that someone is stalking him. And I think this is the moment where the ninja's like, where the where the ninja can't win anymore. Because now that Jack sees you coming, you're dead. That's it. It's all over. Yeah, you lost your the surprise element to it. Yeah, yeah. The show has established that like. Samurai Jack is the most badass guy in the world, and he has a magical sword that can cut through anything. So, like, and and this is very much a Batman-esque story. Because as soon as yeah, as soon as Batman knows you're coming, it's done. It's over. And Jack trained in all kinds of techniques all over the world. He is completely prepared for anyone bringing a physical attack against him. So as soon as Jack notices the ninja while he's running to save the village, it is over for that ninja. And I think that is the moment in this episode where the where the bad guy loses. Um, but Jack goes to the village, and, he, and then again, this is and to me, this is was the, was a more violent moment in the show where it's just straight up five minutes of Jack tearing through giant crab monsters, uh, rescuing this village. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering what like the story behind these things are because they're robots. And and again, I don't want to put too uh, well. No, actually, no, that's exactly what this episode. I'm going to put too much thought into this yes, because that is it. I feel like putting too much thought into it is the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, um, somebody built those things. Yeah, they did. And it, and it could easily be, I mean, one thing I love about the show is that it never gets explained. It is, it is there's, this is just a world that exists and there are robot and robot creatures are just as common as living meat creatures. Mm-hmm. And, and they have as much, and they have much, much reason to exist as the living meat creatures do. And I like, I imagine like somebody built like one robot crab monster it was like as a, as a like a joke <laughs> or or for some kind of experiment and then it and then it achieved its sentience and started rebuilding its own and that's how they reproduce they like <laughs> like that one giant crab in the end of the fight was um was the queen yeah, <laughs> and it just and it, and it doesn't even lay them. It doesn't lay out more robots. It meticulously builds with those giant crab claws. It, it builds them out of parts that it finds at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> that is my head cannon. Jesus, <laughs> I have a couple of things that I. There were thoughts I had watching the show. Um, it's not things that I disliked. It's more of things that I usually look for in a character. Uh, I think Samurai Jack needs more flaws. He's too good. <laughs> yes, it's, you know, the show came out 20 years ago. Last season came out three years ago. We are way past that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, I was going to guess on your that, podcast then. <laughs> no, yeah, go ahead. But I th- Well, I think that is something that becomes true in the in the fifth season, in the new season. Uh, we definitely see Jack as more of a troubled figure, mm-hmm. and his his arc in the final season is to be is to re is to because in the in the in the fifth season he's been Samurai Jack for fifty years. Mm-hmm. He's lost all hope in ever going home and saving the world, 
and the season becomes him regaining that hope and finally being able to end his story uh, somewhere or another. So it does get to that eventually. When it comes to the, but yeah, you're right. When it came when it came to the the show proper, there are very few moments where Jack falters in his in his resolve, mm-hmm. where he is the number one. He is he is the best fighter in the world, and he's the only one that can defeat Demon God. Demon God. There yeah. were a couple of, like if I if I hadn't done this episode, there is one I would have done that was in season one, where um it's 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 like it's like the eighth episode where Jack fights off against an evil version of himself. Hmm. Basically, um, Aku realizes that the only, like after sending a bunch of bounty hunters after him, Aku realizes the only person who can beat Jack would probably be Jack. Mm-hmm. So he takes all the uh, the anger and darkness from Jack's soul, and he uh, and he creates and he creates an evil version of Jack called Mad Jack, and he sticks that on on him. And so, <laughs> and the and the show and it does very much what this episode does, where there's a final fight sequence where it's these two Jacks and they're and they're and they're going at each other with everything they got, but it's an even match. Like they're they're fighting so hard that the forest around them gets set on fire. Isn't that just the concept of that? Gemini Man movie with Will Smith. Maybe. <laughs> Isn't that just? The, I didn't. I, I mean, you know, I didn't that see just that. The I mean, me neither. But I've seen the ad. I saw the trailer. Um, no, this wasn't. This wasn't. This wasn't a teenage version of Jack. This was. This wasn't the fresh. This wasn't Jack Fresh Prince. This was uh, Mad Jack. And in the end of that episode. In the end of the episode, the only dude, Jack, Jack, unable to beat his evil version, realizes that the only way to defeat this dark version of himself is to release all that darkness within his own soul and just find peace within, and 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 that's how he ends up destroying him. Not in a fight, but just by like meditating. Huh. That's so peaceful. I mean, the, so the show does it every once in a while. Yeah. Like, but this is, but uh, the show is very, like he'll have an arc, like a short little arc where he has to learn something about himself to continue. But yeah, he's very much. Don't we all? There's, <laughs> well, he's very much that like that Superman esque character where it's like this is his, this is the guy that the, he's Captain America. He always knows what the right thing to do. He mostly knows what the right thing to do is, and when it comes to like physical combat, there is no match. Yeah, maybe I'm asking too much for like a main character in a kid's cartoon to be um flawed to have like <laughs> to not be good all the time but you know i feel like that's i feel like that's asking too little because i really want i i always like the idea of like kids characters and me being a comic book fan i i know very much so that comic books are for babies cartoons are for babies it does not mean adults cannot cartoons enjoy them are for babies it does not mean that that adults cannot enjoy them i very much enjoy several animated series and have grown up on them and i am doing a podcast on one right now yeah but if but like i have no problem with like kids seeing like these aspirational figures to look up to because like we we haven't we have enough people to look up to that are end up being terrible people in the end of the day anyways 100 so. percent. i mean every time <laughs> every time i open twitter and there is like somebody i admire like trending i'm always like oh what did i say um like for example the person who shall not be named um every time <laughs> they're trending it's it's never good <laughs> Well, when they're trending now, it's because they're sick. So that's actually pretty good news. I'm not going to comment on that. (laughs) (laughs) For Um, personal reasons. uh, But uh, so, yeah, like there are moments in the show where Jack 
ha- it, it does question his where his resolve is questioned, but uh, most of the time, yeah, he you're right. He is very much like a perfect hero. Yeah. Um, now that I said what I didn't like, I will say the whole episode felt very like cartoon ASMR. <laughs> like no dialogue, no, not a lot of like background music even, especially for the fight part, like the last five mm. minutes of the episode. Um, even though I watched this this morning, I am now very confused if there's not actually music or I just like made that up. Um, very little. Very right. little, there yeah. Very little. And so, some of the music that you get across the episode is actually really awesome. Yeah, yeah no. there, there are There are noticeable moments in the show where things go quiet. Yeah, I really enjoyed just the fight, like the sound of his shoes, the sound of the swords, like all of that. It really added to <laughs> the whole ambience of this scene. In a way, yeah, not, yeah. Uh, now you think, yeah, this is the show is very relaxing. Now you is. mentioned just like with the with the sound design and yeah, the sound of Jack Sandals clicking across the stone floor, mm-hmm. this the, the the clanging of the swords. Yeah, I can I can I can see I can see someone uh, like for anyone who for anyone who's not aware, uh, this show is now on HBO Max. Um, so it's available for anybody that has it. I have the DVDs, but for some reason, my PS4 would not play it. Ah, you stupid machine. I really, because I wanted to listen to the commentary that they do on it, but, um, I didn't get a chance. But yeah, I, uh, I got the DVDs a long time ago and I don't have a DVD for season five, which I should probably get. Yeah, I got the ones for Avatar too. And Korra. Uh, I've been meaning to watch Avatar actually. Um, but as I said, I have the attention span of a baby. And every time I'm confronted with like a lot of episodes of a thing, I'm always like, do I have the will to watch that? The answer is usually, I us- yes, but you know, why risk it? If I can usually just rewatch the same seven seasons of the same show. Usually the the best motivation I've had for rewatching a series that I like is either there's a podcast doing a retrospective on it. Yeah. Um, or 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 YouTube video doing the same thing like reactions on YouTube or something like that. I am really enjoying. Watching, well, I like I like watching other people or seeing other people experience something I like for the first time. Yeah, I get that. But I'm also always scared of like showing people things I love. Um, like yesterday, my mom was like, "Let's watch a movie because it's your birthday," and I was like, "Okay, let's do that." I was going to show her Midsummer, which is probably like <laughs> my favorite movie from the last five years. But then I remembered um, one that she would probably hate it. Two, that sex scene. I don't. I'm a 26 year old woman, but I do not want to sit with my mother throughout that scene. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's not show her that. So we watched the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's much more family friendly. No, she does love it though. I mean, this is the woman that made me read The Godfather, like in, when I was like 13. So. No, yeah, your mom's a badass. <laughs> yeah, she's something definitely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I honestly admire your ability to just want people to see things you love, um, because I definitely have issues with that. Like even to show like somebody a song before I show them the song, I'm like I listen to it again, and I'm like I need to uh, to make sure that it's like an absolute bob, no questions asked, like just a bob. I mean, don't get me wrong, like uh, there's still play. I just like a lot of things. I know, I know you. I, do. I so like there. There's still a lot of things that I like that I'm not really willing to share with other people just yet. But it'll it'll probably. I mean, I'm gonna run out of ideas for episodes eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. Um. Yeah. 
maybe. You never know. <laughs> uh, so Jack is uh, regarded as a hero to the village for saving them from these giant crab monsters that just wanted to live. They were just seeking sentience. And they just, I'm making up a backstory in my head. They just wanted to have a life living in peace of this village, and every was a whole misunderstanding was this fight. Jack's a murderer, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but every, everybody's happy. They're giving. They give Jack food and gifts and a pig and then he hears a scream and he books it and it turns out that the mother of the boy that uh that come to jack has been kidnapped and taken to a tower further down the beach and jack follows the footprints there to the tower um i don't know what this tower is Again, this is another thing. There's nothing about this world that they've established in the show where there's just random things all over the place. And because they've probably been there for thousands and thousands of years, no one really needs a reason for it to be there, which I is pretty think, genius. I want to think that it's probably like uh, exactly like a remain of like a previous civilization. Yeah. Like it was probably um, like a Marriott or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, like maybe even a giant sundial. The way the weird, the the way the light hits it's really weird. Yeah. Um. But Jack goes inside, and this is where we get the ASMR like click, clack, click, mm-hmm. clack of his sandals on the floor of the tower, and he looks up and he sees the boy hanging from a rope on one of the mm-hmm. under one of the beams. And I I forgot how scary this looked. I probably wouldn't have thought the kid was dead watching this as a watching this when I was a kid, but. You like you see the body of a boy hanging from a rope. Yeah, and it was definitely a striking like, moment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to think that the ninja hung the boy and like and hung him to death, but it definitely is like all you. But all you see, all you see is his silhouette when yeah. he looks up, and it, and it very much like was evocative of that kind of imagery. But uh, no, the a split second later they show the kid is still alive. Uh, Jack goes up to the goes up to one of the beams to to untie him when he uh, this is and again there's no dialogue up until up until Jack up until the mom tells Jack that her boy is gone. There's only one more line for the rest of this episode. Only one more spoken line for the rest of this episode. Also, all this is done. Everything is done without dialogue and just sound and sound design. But uh, the boy, he goes to un- the jackals untie the boy, and he sees in the reflection of the boy's scared eyes the ninja coming up behind him. And in that split second, Jack manages to knock the boy out of the way, get out of the way, and the and the ninja disappears into the shadows. Yeah, that's and... kind of scary. Not gonna lie. Huh? That part was kind of scary. It's like what is it? <laughs> where is it? I know he's yeah, aware. And you see in slow motion, like when when the ninja comes up, you see the reflection of Jack's face in the boy's eyes, and he's Jack first a shock, and then like anger and resolve, and these and he, in a split second later, Jack gets uh, gets out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, the ninja disappears into the shadows. He frees the boy and tells him to run, which like okay, I guess that was the only other line that he, uh, he spoke. And then and then Jack is on the defensive, right? He knows the ninja is in the shadows somewhere, but he can't see, but he can't tell. And so whenever the ninja comes into the light to attack him, Jack is constantly on the defensive and unable to um, get a foothold on him. Once I think once Jack realizes what's going on and what he needs to do, and he comes up comes up on a beam, and this is where we get the uh, the final spoken line of the episode. Mm-hmm. Shinobi. Warrior of the Night. Trained to use the darkness of the shadow. I know your arts as well. But I have been trained to use the light. And Jack, and Jack 
<laughs> what's what's funny to me go ahead i have to i have i have a thing to say regarding this scene I think, you know, I, 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 you know exactly I think I know what, what i'm going to, to say like it's fucking ripped i was like why did they make him so hot like there were two parts in the, in the whole episode that i was like why is he so hot what is going on right now like first when he rescues a woman from the from like the the beach like he like carries her <laughs> out and he tears like all down and like what i was like that's kind of hot <laughs> and then we when he's like oh i'm a warrior of light blah blah, blah. and he like takes off the things i was like are, are we doing this right now what's happening <laughs> and he's like and the, fucking ripped and the line he says is like i have also been trained in your ways takes off his <laughs> takes yeah, off that his was coat like unnecessarily <laughs> sexy <laughs> 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 and now we have the third possible ending. So, like, one ending, Jack kills a ninja. Second ending, the ninja goes good and saves the village. Third ending, Jack hooks up with the ninja. I mean, honestly, all of those would have would have checked out. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Jack reveals that uh, in in his time training all around the world, he was also trained in the ways of the ninja of the shinobi. And but instead of instead of hiding in the darkness, he has learned to hide in the light, which seems a lot harder. Yeah, that seems a lot more difficult, right? Nobody can see in the dark. It's easy to hide in the dark. No one can see in the dark. Your you know, eyes <laughs> eventually adjust to it. <laughs> Yeah, but even then, like you can't see everything in the dark. There's all and like especially someone who's wearing like black or dark blue, they just become every, everything is shadow. You can if you dress like a shadow, you just hide in the shadows and everything is a shadow. But hiding in the light, everybody can see in the light. <laughs> that is how light works. <laughs> That's how we see. We use light. How much of a badass ninja do you have to be to be able to hide in the light. In bright light? <laughs> uh, the entire scene was like striking. It was such a beautiful scene, especially when you like have the setting suns, like the setting sun, and then it goes back to the fight, and then back to the sun. That entire part was so yeah. beautiful. And yeah, this this sequence is why I want to talk about this episode because it's this. The, the contrast goes way up and once Jack is dressed fully in his white ninja attire and it becomes Jack versus Ninja Jack versus the ninja uh, it is everything everything in the scene goes black and white and Jack and Jack and Ninja both become silhouettes and you only see them when they're in their opposite color so you only see Jack when he's in shadow and you only see the ninja when he's in the light yeah there was a part that they did like a white eye like a white outline for the ninja and I wish they hadn't done that um because for jack you just have like him in white and then as he goes through the white part you don't see him then you see him when he gets to, to the dark to the dark part and for the ninja they actually had like a white outline when he wasn't dark so i wish they hadn't do that they had not done that i think i think it would have been I better I f- if I remember correctly, I think they only did that when their swords clashed. So I think it was literally like Maybe. the spark coming from their swords that yeah. was actually shining the ninja. Because o- otherwise, when they're going back and forth, you don't actually see the you don't see the ninja in the dark until until like True. either their their swords are clashed against each other. Okay, or, strike that um, then. Strike that everything I said. Forget <laughs> about it. No, but it was an easy one of those things because this is a very detailed scene, and with it's it is such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. This was the scene that like, if I had any artistic talent whatsoever, this was the scene that would have made me want to be getting into animation. This like, being able to tell this story with no dialogue, uh, it is just done totally in action and done in such a stylistic way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, because we're not because we're not 
literally seeing what is happening, right? Because we know that in the world of the show, the entire world did not just go black and white, mm-hmm. right? So what we see on the screen while this fight is happening is just strictly all metaphor. Yeah. Like we, it's all it's all symbology. We're only seeing really the idea of the scene. We're only seeing what we're supposed to feel, mm-hmm. and it's such a cool idea. It is so I love it. Cool. Playing around with the medium of storytelling and like, I love it when this is done in movies. I love it when it's done in cartoons, shows. Like any any time you can take a medium for what it is, and then upend that and really change it and experiment with it. I am all for it 100 i love changes i love people like challenging what makes a cartoon a cartoon what makes a movie a movie like those are some of my favorite moments in all kinds of storytelling and it's it, it blows my mind every 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 time every time i see this episode and every once in a while i'll just put it on on youtube just to watch it i'm just sitting in silence and just appreciating everything that is happening on screen i'm not exaggerating no i i get the youtube part because i do that a lot like I'll think of a specific <laughs> part of a movie or a show and I'm like, I want to watch that scene. So I'll go on, on like YouTube and I'll type words. Sometimes things are said in the scene and I'm like, this word and this word, this line of dialogue. <laughs> yes, I should be able to find it. <laughs> and it is works. there anything... Is there anything like that for you? Like, what was the last time you did it? Uh, if it's not too embarrassing week. to say. Okay, so there's this movie. It's like an early 2000s movie called Cerner Stage. Um, and it's about, like, ballet. Like, this dancers in New York. Um, this ballet dancers in New York. And I was obsessed with that movie when I was, like, seven or eight. Like, like I would watch it a lot. And there's this last... There's this... Um, they're basically in school. So the one of the last parts of the movie is, like, the, the final... Um, exhibition like the final show that they do at like at the end of the year and I wanted to watch it so bad <laughs> but I was like I don't know where the fuck I can watch that movie I will probably have to rent it I'm not gonna do that so I just put like center stage final dance and I watched it like at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well that makes so much sense because I'll, I'll put on I'll put on this scene every once in a while just to remind myself how amazing it is um, I think there's a lot of scenes with Samurai Jack that like that can do just that like in the very next episode of this show uh jack goes into a mecha robot samurai and fights a giant robot like this show is amazing this this is just such a good show they like basically they use the premise of it to just come up with a cool idea some cool action scenes they want to do some cool set pieces and then just put it they created a world where literally anything can happen and and just did it whenever they got whenever they were up for it and it was just super enjoyable for that do you do you have any like final thoughts about this this episode or this show in in i know you took notes um i mean my first note is jack is fucking ripped um i wish i was joking um right there um then not dialogue like that was a big part of the episode for me the black and white scene um and the juxtaposition with the sun setting that was beautiful and then the last shot of the episode when the kid hugs him mm-hmm. uh, that part was beautiful yeah, and again yeah, and again, no dialogue. Jack just walks mm-hmm. out in his robes, and the kid is there waiting for him, and he sees that he's alive, and he goes to the hug him in gratitude. Yeah. It's really yeah. beautiful. This is so random, but you know what the what the the episode reminded me of? Uh, what's the fucking name of this movie? Um, it's not The Time Machine. Isn't The Time Machine the one with Guy Pierce? Uh, yes. Is it The Time Machine? Okay. Um, when he goes, like, to, to, like, the last, basically, like, the last place he goes, that's... Um, 
this society that's kind of like with the Morlocks and the um... yeah exactly yeah it reminded me and I think the only reason it reminded me of that because he like saves these people and there's like the woman and the kid that's honestly the only reason it reminded me of that <laughs> uh but as I was watching it I was like oh I haven't watched that movie in a while it's probably time to watch it <laughs> it's worth it don't watch that one that's not a good I one I love that movie <laughs> why I love it like like that is up there with like some of the movies I like rewatched a lot growing up. Um, just read the book. You read a lot of I'm books. I'm not gonna read the book. Read. I'm not gonna read the book. I don't have the patience for that. Um, reading words, not me anymore. Well, I do read a lot. Um, and, uh, the only thing I remember about really remember about the time machine was was the leader of the Morlocks. That wasn't Jeremy Irons, was it? Hmm. The monster, the guy that played the monster. Uh, I know Orlando Jones is in it. Let's yeah. As the library. Yeah. The time machine. Um, hmm. No, it's not the 1960. <laughs> I'm just going to go guy here. So I'm just going to do this the easy way. You probably would have been better off watching the 1960 version of the movie than watching. Honestly, I really loved that movie. Like, I'm not even joking. I really, really loved it. Uh huh. I did read the book, which I'm kind of proud yeah, of. Yeah, it is Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. It was Jeremy Irons. It was oh Jeremy Irons. Um, Felix Baron wow, had a makes, moment. Um, he makes us weird choices. So yeah, uh, basically, going back to the episode, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm definitely going to watch the show, all, like all of it at some point. I was planning to do that for this episode because when you said that you wanted to talk about it, I was like, okay, I feel like I need to watch the whole thing. But then I remembered that I don't have time. <laughs> because I work like 12 hours a day. Um, so I didn't. I didn't watch it. But I did do a lot of research about it and like read a lot. Um, and, you know, went on Wikipedia, which is research. <laughs> no, yeah, this this episode, I mean, obviously it's one of my favorites. It's why I wanted to talk about it. Um, other Other episodes that I think are really significant ones that i can't oh it can't get out of my head are like yeah jack versus the ninja then there's uh jack versus mad jack jack and the scotsman was a really good one and yeah and if you get it if anybody listens to this gets a chance to check out the season five stuff like it definitely gets more violent uh one of that it's not really it gets very much less kitty for the for the final season but it was in in a world where we were so ready for a samurai jack movie to end to finally end the show like getting a whole season out of it was just almost kind of worth the wait um I have the Samurai Jack board game. If anybody ever wants to play with me, I do. Uh, <laughs> if I ever leave my we'll house play. again, um, we can play that. We'll play that. Yes, for sure. Uh, Anna, if people want to follow you online or see if you're doing anything, where can they find you? First of all, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Um, but my Twitter is Montes Anna. Um, that's M O N T E S A N A. And um, honestly, I just talk a lot about politics and I live tweet the movies that I watch at 3 a.m. on HBO. For example, <laughs> the time, the riveting occasion where I watch Raking for a Dream and then got so depressed I didn't sleep anymore. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my, and then my Instagram doesn't matter. But yeah, that's my Twitter where I spend a lot of time. 
Follow her at those things. Uh, go vote while we're all talking about politics. It Please is almost voting that. time for everybody. And it's even voting time for some people right now. So yeah. um, If you live in Miami, you are already getting your vote by mail ballot. Remember that that needs to be turned in before the election or election day. Um, there are sites for, to do that. And if you're going to live yeah. in Miami and you don't live in Florida because the deadline to register to vote is going to be way before <laughs> this episode is out, you can still check because there's a lot of states that have same day voter registration and same day um, that you can just change your address if you have an issue or something. So definitely do that and definitely vote. Yep. Uh, at the time of this recording, I got my I got my ballot yesterday, and I will be mailing it in tomorrow. Uh, if that seems like a good idea, if not, I'll probably just turn it into somebody. But thank you, Anna. Thank Love you. you very much. Love you. This very was so much, much fun. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Talking garbage. That's, <laughs> yeah. Making also. no sense. And, all right. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. All right, folks. Goodbye. Let's go into the outro. And that is episode 10 in the bank, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for Anna for being on the show. She's one of my best friends. Definitely going to have her back one of these days to talk about maybe a subject of her choice. Hey, what do you know? Maybe we'll uh, release that lost episode about Ocean's Eleven. If you guys want to hear about it, let us know. If you do want to leave feedback about the show, uh, go to iTunes, leave a review, give us five stars, help other people find the show, leave a review on whatever podcatcher you happen to be using. iTunes probably works best because that's like the main feed for everybody. But I'm not hating here. This is for you. This is a community-driven show. Whatever you use, that is the best way to use it. The best way to get this podcast spread around is through word of mouth, through telling your friends, telling your enemies, whatever it takes. Just keep that in mind. This is a community-driven show. If you want to be on the show, there is officially a Google form under the contact information where you can fill it out, let us know your idea, apply to be on the show. If you have an idea for your own podcast and you just want to test out, if you want to host your own version of like a little game show if you just want to geek out about a about a specific subject that you don't usually get a chance to geek out on this is the show for you this is a community driven podcast and you guys are the community uh other places to send feedback you can reach out to me directly i am at anti chris rivero on twitter and instagram you can also send emails about the show to in my defense podcast at gmail.com keep us up to date on how you're feeling and thank you guys so much for listening i will see you next week with another geek on the in my defense podcast